A new set of proposals could give Florida businesses the power to block local laws they disagree with and change what democracy looks like in your neighborhood. This is the equivalent of giving the federal government total control over all states. In this example, the state government is the Fed and the local government is the state. Every year, lawmakers in Florida meet in Tallahassee to propose and pass new laws, present a budget, and represent their communities in the state capitol. And in recent years, that agenda has included a targeted focus, keeping towns and cities from making too many of their own rules, rules that could end up influencing policy around the state. This is Tallahassee Takeover from WLRN News. I'm Danny Rivero. The whole point of the podcast you're listening to is to look at how Florida government has been chipping away at what local governments are able to do. Whether they can make rules about natural gas, gun sales, their own ports, or control their own police budgets. But all of this has been piecemeal. One topic at a time, some getting passed through the legislature and some through executive orders. Right now, lawmakers in Florida are flirting with the potential endgame. Two bills that would let almost any private business block local laws from ever going into effect. The nuclear option. Lawmakers say it'll prevent those one-off state laws from having to be passed in the first place. And critics say this is an assault on local governments like we've never seen before. For more than 20 years, Charles Colon lived relatively peacefully in the suburban neighborhood of Azalea Park in Orlando. The neighborhood mostly has single-family homes, but a business strip runs right through the middle of it. And that was never a problem until 2015, when Colon says new owners bought the roller skating rink that had been there on that business strip for decades. The old owners were respectful, you know, come 10 o'clock at night, they would turn the volume down, you know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't disrespect the neighbors. When the new owners took over, they started playing music all hours. I'm talking to like five in the morning, uh, three in the morning, you know, on a regular basis. It would be bass that would travel so hard through the home. If you had something on a mantle or a dresser or something like that, it could shake and vibrate sometimes and you'd hear things rattle. Colon says the noise drove the neighborhood absolutely insane. The neighbors pushed the city to intervene, but it became kind of a hot potato issue getting passed around from agency to agency. And Colon says this lasted for years. Years that left him frustrated that the city government wasn't doing enough to start regulating what he says was a nuisance business that made him lose countless hours of sleep. I wish an ordinance would have been passed to where they would have to reduce the base level that they use, you know, at, at night. I feel like base travels further than sound, but the way they are using the metering, they're looking for high-pitched audible sounds. Well, you can't pick up base at a high pitch because it's a low-frequency sound. Things got so bad that at one point, Colon started to fantasize about following the owners of the skating rink home and blasting music outside their windows when they tried to sleep. Dreams of getting some kind of sweet, sweet revenge 
whatever that would look like. I was I was in a, a bad place in my mind. Like, you know, I uh, felt a hate, a strong hate towards uh, the people who were working there. It was just one of those where I knew I had to separate myself before things escalated. So about a year ago, Colon finally moved about a mile away from where he was just to get away from the noise. Local governments routinely try to keep tabs on these so-called nuisance businesses. It's why bars and liquor stores are only allowed in certain parts of town and not just anywhere. And sometimes these cities and counties go back and change the rules to regulate businesses once those businesses are already open and operating. Like, the city of Miami Beach is looking right now to roll back alcohol sales from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. in the main tourist area, since city leaders claim those bars in that area have become a nuisance to neighbors and that they're driving up the crime rate for the entire city. The bars obviously want to keep their 5 a.m. last call and say that this is going to hurt their bottom line. The way the system works now, the city can generally change the rules if they want to. And that kind of flexibility is the beauty of locally controlled government for people like Charles Colon, who spent years dealing with the skating rink he says had the bass cranked up too loud. Even though in his case in Orlando, the new rules never went into effect, at least he could dream of the city being able to do something. An ordinance should be required if a, if a business is making X amount of sound, they should have X amount of insulation to help keep that sound in or bass in instead of... Uh, protecting the business. You can't control your neighbors. And sometimes your neighbor is a business and you don't know what they're going to do that's going to impact your quality of life. Two bills filed in the Florida legislature would do the exact opposite of what Cologne hoped would happen in his Orlando neighborhood. This confounds him because the lawmakers pushing these bills are Republicans. I'm a registered Republican, and I find it odd that a lot of the bills going through right now and being pushed by the GOP are stripping the rights away from Floridians. These two bills were the brainchild of Republican State Senator Travis Hudson, who represents St. John's and Flagler counties and part of Volusia County. Senator Hudson, you are recognized to explain the bill. Thank you, Madam Chair. Senate Bill 280 is an effort to, tr to try and resolve statewide preemption bills by doing the following. This bill requires... One of the bills would let any private business block new local regulations if the business files a lawsuit claiming the new rules will hurt their bottom line. That means new local laws could be automatically blocked without a judge even having to issue a ruling. And those local laws would remain blocked until an appeals court maybe agrees to let them take effect, a process that could drag on for years. We need to make sure the businesses know how, hard, or how much they're getting affected, and also if a business is affected, that they be made whole. And let's say that local law is allowed to go into effect, the one that rolls back alcohol sales from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. Under the second bill, the local government could end up having to pay all the affected bars in the city for losses associated with those new rules. That's if rolling back alcohol sales a few hours has at least a 15% impact on profits. Under the bill, 
a local government would have to pay those businesses for seven years of lost profits. And when a city has to pay, that comes from you, the taxpayer. We've come up here year after year after year preempting local governments from various ordinances. Senator Hudson is basically saying he's tired of the state legislature having to take on these local governments trying to regulate things like plastic bags or sunscreen. With his proposals, the legislature could forget all that. It'd be up to the businesses now. You could, you could read the, the newspapers from the years and you remember the bills that you've done. So when, when we talk about how do, you, how do you stop the preemption bills? How do you stop one rogue local government from doing something and us having to come back up? And we are right now the last line of defense. Just to clarify here, Florida's towns and cities are not rogue when they pass these rules. They're not breaking any state laws. What's happening is that the state makes what they're trying to do illegal after the fact. We asked the office of Senator Hudson for an interview, but they did not get back to us. Under Senator Hudson's proposals, any private business would effectively have veto power on new local regulations the second they file a lawsuit. But Hudson says those lawsuits will also be fast-tracked. The idea was to put a stay on it and expedite that court process so it could be resolved at the local level and through the court systems and not us not coming up here and doing that. Next is David Cullen, Sierra Club of Florida, speaking against. It is decidedly pro-business. We believe that it is pro-business to the point where it will be a detriment to communities. Dave Cullen spoke at a committee hearing in the Florida Senate, and he's worried that this bill could invalidate any environmental regulations going forward. It treats business differently than all other groups or classes of potential parties. Neither labor nor consumers get to suspend a duly adopted ordinance by filing a complaint and requesting it. At another Florida Senate hearing, Rich Templin of the AFL-CIO argued against the stated logic of these bills, that they would stop the state from having to take over local decision-making one issue at a time. There's another way to stop preemption bills. Don't file them. When capital lobbyists come to you and try to get you to overturn what people are doing in their communities, say, no, we're going to leave this up to the people in their communities. Nobody elected by anybody is going to be able to file suit, put a halt to an ordinance, and that's essentially a preemption by individuals. Almost every speaker in the different committee hearings in Tallahassee spoke against these two bills including people representing counties and cities from rural North Florida to Broward County in South Florida. There was widespread consensus that the bills are too pro-business and that they create serious roadblocks to democracy at the local level. Tina Polsky is a Democratic state senator representing parts of Broward County and Palm Beach County. And she says businesses are already consulted and taken into account when new local rules are made. A business can speak at a committee, a hearing, about the impact that it would have on him or her. A business person can run for local office. They could have a very business-friendly local government. It's just not what I believe the people want. The people like their local governments, and they want them to be able to rule. That's why they vote for those individuals. That's why they go to public comment. And that's why a decision is made by a majority rule 
of the people who you elected. I probably should keep my mouth shut today, but I, I can't sit here and listen to all this anti... I'm a businessman for 50 years. Dennis Baxley is an undertaker. And he's also a Republican state senator who represents the Ocala area. Business people are part of your community. They're the ones that you go to ask to help fund things that you need done in your community. They're the people that provide jobs to your residents. There, this is a relationship that you've got people telling you what to do when you, they have no investment in your property. They have no investment and yet they're telling you everything you can and can't do. Now, I'm all for local control being a part of this formula, and we do. We have to struggle with these barriers between state and local governments and between the state and the federal governments. We all have different parts in this discussion will go on, and this is the appropriate place to have that discussion. But if you listen to most of the debate comments today from the audience, businesses are evil. This debate that we're somehow the enemy because we're giving them adequate voice to respond to the heavy hand of government that can ruin them, break them, destroy them with no recourses. Uh, I'm sorry, but the business people are not your enemy. They are the backbone of your community, and I'm going to vote for this bill. That take from Senator Baxley is broadly represented in the views of business in Florida. They want to be able to block local regulations they don't like and potentially get paid back with taxpayer money if new regulations hit their bottom line. But in a broader sense, these two bills present a major opportunity to flatten regulations across the entire state. Because big businesses don't like every city and every county having different rules and different regulations. This would be huge, huge. This would, I mean, this would seriously be a game changer. Samantha Paget is a vice president and general counsel of the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association. And she says the coronavirus pandemic helped show why it's bad for each city to have so many different policies. What I did so much of the time during the pandemic was answer questions of what can I do here versus what can I do over here? And while the areas approached it differently. The impact that we felt with the state as a whole was, it was, it, it impacted the state as a whole. And so if we can be having similar conversations about impact, if we can have similar conversations about uh, unintended consequences, about economic impact, then we have potentially overall a more consistent approach to some of these issues if they are able to have more consistent operations, if they are able to send more consistent messaging to their workforce, they're more efficient. They are able to serve their customers better. They're not spending all their time kind of differentiating their operations from this jurisdiction or this jurisdiction. Carolyn Johnson puts it a little more bluntly, that these bills would straight up prevent businesses from being regulated by local governments. And in her mind, that's a good thing. She's a senior policy director at the Florida Chamber of Commerce. I think it provides certainty for businesses that uh, their local government isn't going to swoop in and put them out of business or substantially increase their costs or substantially regulate how they're doing. And so it gives them the certainty they need to run their business. 
Local governments, of course, don't see their rules and regulations as just frivolous distractions that are meant to be annoying to businesses. A lot of cities and counties look at this plan as a broad attack on the entire idea of local government. The idea that people at the neighborhood and block level can and should make decisions about the place where they live. Daniela Levinkava is mayor of Miami-Dade County. We live in a country of representative democracy. Policy is made by people that are elected that fit with the majority of the public's perspective as to who will do a, be a better job. And, and this essentially says, you know, it's, it's like every person for him or herself on implementation and interpretation of laws. I think democracy is in peril in our state and in our nation and uh, from a lot of different angles. As far as preemption is concerned, it really does undermine and diminish democracy in our communities where it's closest to the people. This is the equivalent of giving the federal government total control over all states. In this example, the state government is the Fed and the local government is the state. Charles Colon, who we met earlier with the issue about the noisy skating rink in Orlando, says these bills are setting the state of Florida up to be an authoritarian, centralized government. And from there, it's a slippery slope to having an authoritarian, centralized, national government. If they can argue that the state government has power over the municipal governments, we can just say, hey, why not the federal government over the states? I mean, there's already been case made for it. Colon believes the federalist system of government that we have in this country is a good one, where cities, counties, and states set their own rules, where people are taken seriously when they have issues in their neighborhoods. And hopefully, local decisions are made about those things, even if it upsets some businesses, because it's a government by the people for the people, not by the people for the businesses. And he says especially Republican lawmakers in Tallahassee are forgetting that. They're giving favor to businesses, yet they're ignoring the people who vote for them. As a Republican, I am extremely frustrated with it. And I come from, my, my family was very conservative. So growing up in a conservative household, you know, the, the mindset, it's, it's almost like a belief system. When you come to find out that your belief system is the same belief system betraying you, it's, it's upsetting. This is one of those bills where 10 years down the road, you look at the state of our state and we are not gonna be in the great position that we are now. The bill that would let businesses block local laws passed in the Florida Senate with every Republican voting in favor. A few Democrats, including Democratic Senate leader Lauren Book, voted for it too. And the other bill, the one that would force taxpayers to pay businesses for lost profits, also passed in the Florida Senate. This time with all Democrats voting against it. Only one Republican, Senator Jeff Brandis from the Tampa area, voted against it. Both of those bills now go to the House of Representatives, where some lawmakers hope it'll bring Florida one step closer to being the most pro-business state in the entire country. Thank you. 
Tallahassee Takeover is a production of WLRN News. This episode was reported and produced by me, Danny Rivero. It's edited by Alicia Zuckerman with help from Nancy Klingener. Our engineer is Merritt Jacob. I'm Danny Rivero. See you next time.